0: We are holding, in the new books on Lamed Gimel, um, and in the old books we are uh, in the middle of Chavdalad. okay, so we're going to start from the words Amnam, it should be about, the old books is about half, uh, about a third of the way down the page Chavdalad, Amnam, yeah, everyone's well, Shavuos was good, right everyone, It's Hashem. So it says like this: Am Nam Bichdei Gili Or and Anishama. So, in order for there to be a gili of the or of the atzmos of the neshama, she et teikev ha'avah va'rotzanal bebichinas bechol miodecha, that there should be this strength, this power of this ava that we're talking about, this rotzah and level of bechol Odecha, You do a shazod dafkali deyak goof in the episode of Bahamis. In other words, this whole discussion. So on the other, on the one hand, we're talking about reaching the highest levels of the soul. The question is how to get there. So now what we're saying is that in order to get there, really what we need is the body and the nefesh of in other words, the, exactly the thing that seems to be blocking us from reaching the, where we need to reach is exactly the thing that we need in order to reach to the etzim and the shama. So how does that work? because those are the things that are concealing over or the, the neshama now so when a person is really bothered by this namely Stark from them now what are we saying that he's very upset by the tremendous concealment that's taking place over his neshama and how he's not getting a true gilio so or and Nefish. That's how a person is able to reach this level that he gets to the Paninius of the Nefish. To the point that he has this tremendous strength, this tremendous power that he wants to have this longing for, this running towards Hashem. So in other words, what we're saying here is like this. In order to get to Atmos, it's sort of like, let's use an example of a spacecraft, right? In order to get to Atmos, you need to have a tremendous firepower to get you out of the gravitational pull of the Earth, so to speak. In other words, when you're trying to get to the moon or trying to get to anywhere, you have to first break away from the gravitational pull that's pulling the spaceship, pulling everything down to the Earth. In order to do that, you need a huge amount of power that will be able to launch you beyond that place. So he's saying the same thing here. That there is b'chol l'bav, chavachol which we talked about in the beginning of the Maimur, which is recognizing the way Hashem is in the world, recognizing the way Hashem is in everything that we're involved in, right? And everything around us. But it's a limited level of Hashem. And what we want to reach, however, is the etzim of Hashem and the etzim of Manishama. So in order to get there, you have to go beyond the regular. You have to go beyond a normal way of life. That's what we're talking about here. In order to get that tight to get that power to be able to break us through the normal state of living. Similar to what we said, in other words, if you think back to the beginning of the Maimur, when we're talking about the level of gvura. When we're talking about the level of gvura, what we said is like this. We said that specifically through the crushing of the shell, that's how you're able to get to the, the kernel, the nut, like the almond, for example, the example we gave earlier. Or the olive oil, crushing the, the olive. So you have to have some sort of force that's going to be able to bring out the best in the situation. So here in our case, what we want to reach is the etzim of the neshama, which is one with the etzim of Hashem. So in order to do that, you have to somehow have a strength to be able to do that. You have to have a power to be be able to break out of the norm, to break out out of the orbit, so to speak. So now, what we're saying is that which is Pushing us away from Hashem. That which is blocking Hashem is in fact the fuel that we need in order to break us, to reach us to Hashem. How does that play out? So he says like this, So he's going to bring a mashal here. What's the mashal? Like a stream of water that is going little by little, drop by drop. So let's say that you put a bunch of rocks in the way. Right? You try to put a dam, make a dam over here to this like small stream that's trickling, 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 trickling. As long as it's just trickling along, it's just going to continue to trickle along. It's not going to do anything more, less, whatever. It's just going to keep on going. However, when you have a situation where you put some rocks, some mud, some dirt in the way of this little trickling little stream, what happens is it builds up a force on the other side of the dam that you've created, which will build and build and build and build and build and build build until boom! Breaks through. That energy that is breaking through would have never been able to be accomplished if you would have never put the dam there. In other words, as long as the, the stream was trickling along, it was going at a constant pace. It's not going to have more energy than that. No, it's always going to be basically the same thing. Go, oh, on no, no, no. It's only dafka because you put this dam there that you blocked it. And by blocking it, it caused there to be a momentum that was building up, building up, building up, building up, building up, until the... The dirt, the rocks, the pebbles that you put there are no longer able to hold it back until it explodes forward. That's the mashal here. So he says, This is specifically what happens with regards to the concealment of the body, al which covers over the or of the neshama. Because what happens? The neshama by itself is constantly in a state of ava, of rutza towards Hashem. It wants the avishtar. <laughs> On the other hand, you have the body, you have the nefesh bahamiyas, which is concealing over it. Amnam, however, kishim is <laughs> binim binafsho, as er chaptich. I'll take it a hell and However, when a person spends time meditating on how his body and how his nefesh of Bahami is, is blocking him and not allowing him to come close to Hashem. It's Dafka distancing him from Hashem. When he realizes, when he thinks about this, when he develops this, when he, he goes into this more and more and more, he becomes full of, he's full of feeling, that he doesn't want to be blocked from eloquence. He doesn't want to be held back from, from Hashem. That in and of itself wants to push him forward to be able to reach a level that he would not reach on a normal basis. It's sort of like the concept of a bal tshuva. A from from birth person, he grows up with the taira mitzvahs all the time. So he's going and going and going and going and basically most of you know for the most part is only you know his life you know plots along about chuva on the other hand for whatever reason he has experienced that he cho- chooses that he's now going to do a different style of life in a sense what happens is that he becomes broken over the fact that where he was before and where he wants to go. And he realizes that he's been messing up his whole life. What what did he spend his life, you know, chasing after, you know? As my friend says, pizza and basketball, right? This is this is what this is his whole life. So he realizes, Oh, I made a mistake. I mean I've wasted so many years of my life. So this causes in him within him a an energy that is able to catapult him to a place that even about, that even a from from birth person cannot reach there. That's why it says, where Balei is standing, a Tzadik or can't stand. Because why? Because there's this, this almost like a, it's like a, like a rubber band that, that snaps back. And it, when it snaps back, it goes so much further than if you would have not have had that situation in the first place. So in essence, what we're talking about here is a, a meditation that is focused on the fact that I am far away from Hashem. Focus on the fact that my body, my nefesh, bahamis, is keeping me from the emas. Realizing that I am, I am doing things. I'm wasting my time in such a way that now causes me to want to invest myself so much more than I ever had before. That's the that's that's what we're talking about. The b'chol meudecha. Right? So that's what he says. That he's very disturbed in his soul because of this. He's very pained. It, the pain is going to bring it out in him. So this arouses within the Nishama a level of power, a level of excitement, a level of, of, of being totally impacted in a way that you can never reach such a power with the meditations that we had earlier. The meditations of, I love Hashem because he's my life, you reach a certain consistency. You're able to reach a certain consistency and a certain drive. But the power, you're not gonna reach. It's gonna be like the like the river, the, the, the stream that's trickling along. It's gonna go, it's good, it's positive. But the energy to be able to take you to a place where you're reaching into the etzem and the nishama, that it doesn't have in it. <speaking> in <Hebrew> namely, that a person is able to go out, go beyond the limitation of the kalim. <speaking in Hebrew> Not only this idea of going beyond the kli of the body, <speaking in Hebrew> even to the point that you're ready to go beyond the keli of of the of the themselves, you're able to go beyond your own regular emotions, your own regular seichel, your own regular way of conducting life. That's the point. To the point that a person is able to go to a situation where he is at a state of khalos and nefesh. Kholos and nefesh means that your soul is just ready to expire. Your soul is ready to just go to the Eibishter, pass away from this lifetime. Because it's a total level of mysterious nefesh that you are just going beyond yourself in every way. So we see from this point, it's not, I love Hashem because He is my life. I love Hashem because He is my everything. And I don't need to be alive. That's the point here. Because you get to such a fervor within yourself that the neshama just breaks out of all the boundaries. That's what we're discussing here. Good? Clear? So this is the ultimate point. Why the neshama comes down into a body. For the soul to be able to reach such a level of ratza. Right? In this level of. Right? Because the neshama, the way it was before it entered into this world, see if it's written, It says that it is alive, and he's standing in front of him. In other words, standing. That the neshama, the way it was before it came down into a body, was in a state of bitl. It was there. It was in a state of bitl, a state of nullification, a state of love, a state of fear. That over there, the love is b'ein ruh. It's no comparison to the love that we have down here in this world. It's so much higher in the upper world. There's no question about it. Because the hasaga, the way, what it recognizes is so much greater. Right, it sees exactly where is the Eibishter. It sees exactly what the Neshama is. It sees exactly what what all of the things of this world are. It sees everything. So therefore, it recognizes that the, that the Eibishter is is it's, it's the Neshama's life. So therefore, what does it want? It wants the Eibishter. It's a very simple thing. Neshama says because because the Neshama is able to grasp the Elokuz above. Right? Which is on a much higher level. What we're talking about here is a level of the way the Nishama is experiencing Gan Eden. So it's experiencing Gan Eden. It's it's experiencing, right, what the Nishama feels. Right? It's, it's, It's seeing Hashem. So obviously, what does it want? It wants Hashem. It doesn't want pizza and basketball. That's what it wants. And by definition, then, The love and the fear is on a much higher level because you're dealing with a much higher recognition of what is going on. However, despite the fact that we're saying that it's on a much higher level, on the other hand, we're saying a different verse. We're saying the concept that it's oymet, it's standing. Right? So, How do these things work out together? On the one hand, what we're saying is that it's a higher level. Yes, it is a higher level. But on the other hand, it's in a state of amida. What does it mean in a state of amida? Right? Amida means it's not moving. It's not changing. It's not developing. It's holding steady where it is. That's the difference. Ah, you're going to ask a question now. The question is going to be We know that in Gan Eden that there are also levels of elevation that are constantly happening. So if there are levels of elevation that are constantly happening, so why are you calling it an Amida? An Amida means that it's not moving at all. It's sitting pretty. It's sitting exactly where it is. It's not developing. Answers the Rebbe, However, even though in the upper worlds there is this state of this concept of elevation 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 but the elevation that's taking place is in a seder it's in a hadraga it's in a step-by-step process it's within the, the level of gvul it's within the level of limitation right like the concept of right we call, we'll define it as cause and effect here right in, in terms of, you go from step one to step two, from step two to step three, from step three to step four, step by step by step by step, you're not moving, you're not changing, you're not, you're slowly but carefully walking, you know, standing in line, to go to the, you know, and as each person goes in, so you also get it, you're getting closer to the entryway. ila And that's what he's saying here, that even though it's true, that the ilah, the cause, is on a higher level than the awl, the effect. It's true. And it's true that the, as you go up the ladder, each cause is higher than the cause below it, right? Because the cause below it is called because the cause above it is called an alu. it's cause and effect, right? In other words, as you go through the step-by-step process, right? Uh, cause number one makes effect number number one but effect number one becomes cause number two to effect number two and then cause then effect number two becomes cause number three to effect number three right it's just that's that's the way it works so it's true that there is a development that you are going to go higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher right Shaim <speaking in Hebrew> sha however, what we have to say is that's the key there, means that they you can go from step 1 to step 2 from step 2 to step 3 from step 3 to step 4 it's all within the same within the same realm right Right, the elevation from the effect to the cause. One after the other, one above the other. This is not unlimited. It's all limited. That's why it's called aimdim. That's the idea here. So as much as we're going step, by Step by step by step by step by step by step, and we are moving, but it's all within a gvul. it's all within a certain limit. So, exact, give you an example like, for example, the idea of you know, an eighth grader, right? So, as much as he's learning throughout the year, right? He's learning you know, mathematics and he's learning Gemara and he's learning uh, you know, English or whatever, he's learning uh, Mishnaiyas, he's learning Allah. It's all within a certain level, right? So he's developing, but it's all within a certain level. Now, take that eighth grader, and now you want to move him up to high school. You send him to, uh, you know, to uh, missifta somewhere, right? know. Uh, you send him to Chicago. You send him to London. You send him to wherever. It's a be'ein change in this child's life. Now, instead of living at home, where he's going to school from, you know, 8.30 to 4 o'clock or whatever it is, so now he's moving to Chicago and he's going to Mesifta in, in, in a place where he has Hasidus starting at 7.30 in the morning and they have Shirim and they have Chavrusas until 9.30 at night. And then certain days they have uh, Febrenians and, the, and they're sleeping in a dorm. and It's Be'ein it's, aruch. It's so yes, over the course of the 8th grade year he definitely grew. Right? And he definitely learned more Rashis and he learned even a Toysos and more Toysos and whatever. And, he, and it's true, but it's all within a certain parameter. Now you take this kid and you put him on a plane and fly him to Chicago, and all of a sudden he's put into Zal, uh, you know, into a, into a Zal of a Masifta, it's going to blow his brain because now it's a bleak, full difference. So yes, they're also learning Gemara over there, but the way that they're learning Gemara over there is roch, is to the way that they were learning Gemara when he was in when he was in his uh what's it called? when he was in his parents' house, learning in, in in eighth grade. That's a possible example. So the point being that oimdim does not mean that there's no development whatsoever. Oimdim means that what? Oimdim means that there's a development. But it's be'erich to where he started from and where he's going to. It's not an Einaruch type of situation. Masha kim. What we're going to be talking about, and when we pick up tomorrow, is going to be the idea of bechol neodecha is einaroch. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quantum leap jump to a place that you would not be able to go step by step by step by step. You must go. In a in in a huge, huge uh, catapult to a, a whole new level that you would not have reached otherwise. Make sense. It's clear. All right, Emet Hashem, guys, have a wonderful day, and uh, we will catch up.